Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Vents. This is Fed Weekly. A collaboration between Vice and Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture. Get a cracking. Amelia. Nuruddin. Santos. Suprina. Vent Weekly. Everything is just too much right now, especially for black people. We need a minute just to process what's going on. So, on today's episode, all four of us are coming together. This episode, we're all taking some time to share how we're feeling in the wake of the death of George Floyd as a result of the actions of the Minneapolis police. We've invited friend of the show, Linda Ade, to join us for this discussion. Could you briefly introduce yourself? Hey guys, um, I'm a BBC podcast host, the next episode, and I also am a journalist. So we've all done thinking about what's come up for us over the last week or so, and we've chosen some things we wanted to process together. First up, it's all lives matter versus black lives matter. How does this make you feel, Nuruddin? I mean, all lives can't matter until black lives do. Mm. Like, we can't live in a society where a black man has to fear more for his life than a white man. Hence why there's so many angry protesters now, like, fighting for justice, for cases which would have been handled way differently had it been a white person. Mm. As prevalent as white supremacy and systematic racism is in in the US is, like, the UK isn't innocent too. Exactly. Police brutality against, like, young black people who look suspicious um, is still a big thing, like, in the UK. And it makes sense why the protests are becoming more violent. There's a more mm. pain in our hearts and like, they believe that there's blood on the yeah. police's hands. Like, also in the UK, like, it's becoming increasingly common seeing police officers abuse their Big position facts. of power, sometimes making black people feel as if mm-hmm. they're worthless scumbags, basically. Like, they belittle them yeah. so much. And do you know what? Do you know what I find like about the whole idea of all lives matter? I feel like it's just completely dismissive of mm-hmm. the fact that Black Lives Matter is a movement. Like I feel like it's just, it's just a way to like deflect again or deny us like the right to protest for mm. our lives. Like I saw some analogy. I think it was like a TikTok. Yeah, like a black guy was explaining like how he felt about um, Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, and he was like, okay, so he had his dad's funeral, right? And he was at the funeral and everyone was like getting ready to like say their eulogies and whatever. And then someone else, a white person, walks in, places their picture in front of his dad's. And starts talking over their funeral and he's like, well, doesn't my dad's life matter too? And it's just like, yeah, it does. But like, if we're not getting the recognition that we need right now exactly. and we haven't been for so long and we've been like so oppressed, then surely the priority is to like, mm. ensure that we are kind of equal to mm-hmm. everyone else in mm-hmm. society. Like, how does this make you feel, Linda? Like all lives matter versus black lives matter? <sighs> 
Do you know what? I did an episode um, on the podcast that I host and I was saying it's been very tough to see videos and pictures of black bodies circulating on social media. But for me personally, what has been the toughest thing to swallow is like looking at really ignorant comments of people saying stuff like all, all lives matter and like saying it yeah. with so mm. much like passion as well. Um, Twitter is the worst place the... for that, I believe. I see it all in Twitter, like, just the comments underneath the replies. They're just dumbest replies ever to uh, such a, like, ten- this situation that is, like, so close to home. Someone's died. Like, why are you so inconsiderate? Yeah. And I think it's intentional. I don't really think anyone with exactly. the, um, with a decent level of intelligence, I don't think you need to explain why Black Lives Matter right now. I think it's intentional. If you are um, still... Uh, banging on about all lives mattering right now, I think you are doing it on purpose, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah. You know? The level of ignorance is really a choice here. Like, it's not it's not a thing where you're just, like, in blissful ignorance or you're just unaware. Like, it's not like... Because this no. is not, like, a finally... Exactly. It's not the first time we've spoken about it. There's been civil rights movements before, like, people have been fighting for black lives yeah. and the black community for so long. It's not like it's a new but thing. It's just been yeah, ignored. It's just day. gone ignored. Yeah, it's just gone ignored. But it's not like we haven't been talking. But yeah, that's I mean? just because so, no, equality, like, it's not a priority for people in like higher power. Like right now, it just seems like they care about themselves, and you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And especially exactly. like with mm. police, they have that authority, but it's supposed to be to protect and serve, innit? Like. Especially armed police, like, you're not supposed to draw your weapon unless, like, there's another weapon involved. And, like, a lot of the cases, like, these... I'm not saying they're completely innocent. They might have done something wrong, but it's the it's the most minor thing ever. Yeah, it might not even be their fault. It's just, yeah. like, an error. Mm-hmm. And then they just feel the need to, to have that reaction to whatever it is. Yeah. But you look... Yeah. But I feel like you look... You should understand, like... Try to understand, like, the history of the... De- like, the police department because I was doing, like, some reading and stuff like that, yeah. And I found out that, like, the police department was obviously... Like, the system was built after, like, slavery, so the abolishment of slavery and stuff like that to protect white people um, from black people and to protect their property and to protect their wealth because obviously they lost a lot of it. There we go. And so Mm -hmm. the police, the system was never really set up for black Mm. people. It wasn't set up to protect people, hence the mass incarceration and disproportionate incarceration of black people. Deep it. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's just like... Take that one. Like, it's not... This system was not set up for us anyway and it's still, till now, institutionally racist and that's why, like, this police brutality, they're so okay. Like, they're so, like, comfortable in the fact that they're sense of supremacy is going to def- like it's going to back them in whatever they do they're not afraid to kill people mm. that's the thing mm-hmm. there's no fear in them of doing this stuff because they know that they're going to be protected by the system that was built for them hence why black people are just dying True. recklessly yeah. at the hands of the police do you know what i mean and i think this goes back to um Nuruddin's point saying that the uk mm-hmm. is not innocent either because i like when you talked about the structure and it actually goes back to mm-hmm. british colonialism and it started there and people say oh the us is worse luckily the uk is not like that but a part of me actually even mm-hmm. thinks the uk might be worse because it's subtle racism Slightly. and subtle racism and structural racism is more difficult to point out and more difficult to prove than than what's happening in the US. So I don't think anybody should discredit what's happening in the UK. And it's not only structural racism because the police have killed people, Mm -hmm. have killed black men, black women in this country too. So that argument that I see really like angers me because people in the UK Mm. are going through it as well. Definitely. Just to add to that, I don't know if um, any of these names might resonate with, with some of you, but 
you know, for example, Cherry Gross was shot by police. She was mm. unarmed in her house in the 1980s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Edson da Costa, mm. um, yeah. he was stopped by police and died in custody. Rashan Charles, again in the same year. Sidi Lapite from the yeah. 90s. Kingsley Burrell, Shaney Lewis, Joy Gardner. There Mark are so Duggan. many. It's, I, I can't even. Yeah. Yet Mark mm-hmm. Duggan. Mark Duggan yeah. There's so many. Mm-hmm. Julian Cole. There are even so many cases we don't even hear of. That's the which thing. Which is another thing. Yeah. Like, oh. more time will consumed by social media. Obviously, we see what goes viral and that, but there are other lives that have been taken, which means there are more families in that kind of situation than we think. Do you know what I'm 100%. saying? So, but you know what, I yeah. feel like... I feel like... Let me just get this off my chest though, real quick. I just feel like there needs to be more kind of organisations that help out in it. Because right now, a lot of people are relying on social media to get the word out and it is working and it's great to see but the people that don't get those kind of chances you know there should be people there ready to help them since the system isn't ready to help us if Mm. you get what i mean exactly now even what i was going to say is that it's not even just like police brutality in in like the most rawest and like most fatal forms i think it's also just like the neglect of people within like you know who have kind of reported crimes to the police for example like a lot there's a lot of black missing kids in the UK and I see it all the time on Twitter Mm -hmm. retweet this help find this person help find that person now when we deep how much money has gone into finding Madeline McCann till this day till this day yeah yeah like it's actually it it pisses me off that's a whole bunch of BS in my opinion there are so many young black kids that go missing you'll be actually shocked to know that it's a disproportionate amount of black kids that go missing um, compared to the population in the UK. But I cannot honestly tell Mm. you one kid that I know of that has made national headlines. One black kid. I don't know any. Um, And I actually looked into Mm. what was going on there. Um, And I don't know if I'll explain this in the best way, but basically the police have this um, system that they use to kind of rank the seriousness of each missing case. Mm. And black boys and girls are less likely to be on the high risk part of that scale. So if you are a white, Mm -hmm. um, they call it missing white girl syndrome. If you're a white, middle class, pretty, so easy on the eyes. Um, If you come from a good home, not a working class home, you're more likely to be deemed as high risk. If you're a young black kid, um, young black boy, you are less likely to be deemed as vulnerable. And so the police won't need to um, pump in more res- as, as much resources into looking for you. So that's probably one of the reasons why mm-hmm. we never um, hear that many uh, black kids going missing on the news. That's crazy. And it's really sad. Do you know, that's awful, you know. It's because I feel like one thing my mum said to me, I was talking to her about this whole, like, um, stuff to do with, like, the Black Lives Matter movement and everything, and she feels like a lot of black kids have, were not allowed yeah. to be kids mm. because we were profiled as people who were not as vulnerable or not as subject to the same sort of dangers as any other kid would be subject to. Yeah. And so, like, like Linda said, like, we're not seen as high risk. We're just seen as, like, these unruly, like not brought up well kids who are like are going to be roaming the streets yeah. like all kind of night anyway so like they're not we're not suspects for someone who's actually a victim of anything we're yeah. more the perpetrators mm. and that's just the way that we're profiled already so a lot of kids miss out on being protected by the police and by the system because we're already seen as threats to society as it is from so young yeah yeah like i think it's mad how a lot of you know like young kids have to like know about racism and know about these things 
when they're so young. Like, I remember being told that from primary school years, like, this is what's happening. Like, you need to take care of yourself. You need to be confident in mm. yourself. You know, you need to keep your wits about you. You need to understand mm. that if someone says that to you, that's wrong. So I was so much older than a lot of my peers when I was so much younger because we had to worry not only about just, you know, the regular kid things like, you know, fitting in and having fun, but you also had to worry about the fact that you could be racially profiled at any point. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Amelia, mm -hmm. you wanted to talk about recognising white privilege. Yeah, so I feel like, for me, I thought a lot about what I think white privilege is. And I feel like, I don't know if you will agree with me, but my kind of conclusion is that the difference between white, white privilege and everyone else is that people who are white have the privilege to, to learn and be educated and educate themselves on racism and discrimination as opposed to experiencing it. And that's just the way I like. Like, it's a privilege that you guys don't have to experience it, but can can learn about it or, or choose not to, or choose not to engage, you know? You have the option to avoid it and to log off and, like, and to breathe and, you know, take time for yourself and whatever and just, oh, it's too much for me. Like, it's that's that's a privilege. And that's just the way I see white privilege, basically. But what do you guys think? Um, just to, like, add on to what you said, I feel like there's some white people who even say, oh white privilege doesn't exist because I've been in trouble by the police. My life is hard too. I've gone through this. But again, that's missing the point mm. because all those reasons have never been because of your skin colour. Exactly. That, and that, to me, is white privilege, that you mm -hmm. go through things, this happens, but it's never been because of your skin colour. And I feel like if mm -hmm. you explain it that way, maybe, just maybe, they might think, oh... Was it, have they ever had to think, oh, is it because I'm white? Is it because, no, yeah. no one has ever had to think that. So I think white people need to recognise their white privilege and yeah. and maybe that's one way to move forward. Mm. But that's my interpretation of white privilege. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Literally. <I> preach this. <laughs> preach. I think a lot of people, especially Asian people, miss about allyship as well, because as much as racism occurs in the Asian community as well, I don't think it's, and any level compared to black people. The main things I want to get out to the Asian community when it comes to allyship with the Black Lives Matter movement is actually calling out racism within your own culture and within your households. Asians are taught mm -hmm. to be like complicit from a young age and usually like to stay out of conflict, not speak back to like your parents and stuff. But I think that needs to change and it's now time to speak up, especially for an issue like this. And some examples that I can think of is, number one, okay, this really irritates me, is when um, especially Asian boys say the N-word. It's not cool. It's not funny. And they say, oh, 
oh, you can say it with your friends. Like it's <laughs> it's a term to me. Like that's my brother. No, I don't think that like word should be used at all by Asian people. So that's not your word to claim. Um, number two, I feel like speaking up about colorism within our culture because a lot yeah. of things in our culture happens like oh this person is lighter so they should um, be in the adverts or be in the movies they're worship they're worshipped more than the darker people in our community so I think that's another thing Asian people think that this is not their problem as well and they could just stay yeah. out of it mm -hmm. and I think a lot of rights that ethnic minorities have like is because of the civil rights movement and we have benefited from that as well so why wouldn't we fight with the black lives matter movement yeah i've seen a lot of things on posts on instagram as well that oh south and south asian people need to speak up or just asians in general but i don't feel like they've actually listed out how we can speak up and what we should and i think a lot of asians are not willing to like they post on instagram saying yeah this is what we should do but are you really having those conversations in your household are you really talking to the racist grandparents that you have or the racist uncles in your house i mm, i don't know if i believe that so i just want to mm. put it out there to like make sure that this is an important thing and this is not an issue to just <laughs> mm. show on Instagram or just speak about mm. it because it's a push trend. Under, push under the carpet, man. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, just hella performative. Yeah. Like, you just post one, two little posts and think you've done yeah. your part. Like, no, you actually need to be doing the work mm -hmm. behind closed doors as well. Like, don't just try and play it off of social media. It's more than that because change doesn't really happen from an Instagram post. It's actually what you do outside of that. And I feel like people are just yeah. using the platform to kind of act yeah. as though they're like an ally for black lives. But again, like this is kind of like a reason why I don't really like the whole term BAME. Oh, because I feel like yes. that's another part of like white privilege as well. Like white people are just called white people. Exactly. Whereas we're all grouped together as we're one. And others. I don't like that. We're the like, others. Yeah, you can't do you know what I mean? Like we're all othered and we're put together in one big group. Like, no, like we're black. They're big Asian. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know why we're all... I don't know, Linda, what do you think about that? Am I, like, stretching? No, or... you're not. No, no, no. Not. no. Um, yeah, guys, I was also thinking about, like, the inclusivity of Black Lives Matter as well, because I feel like um, a lot of... A lot of the time, as a black woman, I don't know, Linda, if you feel the same way as well, but I definitely feel as though, like, the focus is predominantly on, like, heterosexual black yeah. men. For example, like, I see, like... I'm really proud of what's been happening with George Floyd and um, Ahmad Arbery and other men as well. But the same energy is not given to people like Breonna Taylor, who was shot in her sleep eight times, or Sandra Bland, um, who was a very confident and um, very level-headed activist, was who then was, was suddenly shown dead, like suddenly found dead in her cell, like showing no signs of any suicidal tendencies or anxious behaviour before that. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's a lot of women who have fallen victim to the fact that they're, they're women. Yeah. So, and I feel like it kind of just is testament to the fact that um, black women and black gay, lesbian and trans people are very unprotected within the black community itself. Yeah. So people are not even screaming yeah. as loud for them as they, as they do for black straight men. And I feel like there's a problem with that as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, did you see uh, John Boyega's speech when he went down to the London protests? Yeah, I watched that. Yeah, I think oh, I saw yeah, a clip of it. So yeah, yeah. Oh, proper gosh, emotional. emotional. And I feel like mm. what you just said there is what he was trying to touch on. He only briefly touched on it. He didn't go into the LGBTQ community, but he definitely made a really good point about, and for me, it was about inclusion. You can't, you mm. can't be talking about Black Lives Matter when you still treat black women 
and other parts of the community yeah. like crap. It just doesn't... Need to Thank you. It's, it's almost better that you don't even stand up for Black Thank Lives Matter. Thank you. I'm seeing a lot, lot of colourists right. on the TL talking about Black Lives Matter and I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> but my life don't matter though, does it? Like, do you exactly. know what I mean? It's mad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, talk, tutus, now you're 100%. talking about light skin is better this and I don't date black no, women. No, listen, have you seen all their tweets cover people, like 2013? Did you see people. them get, all get baited out? Yeah, no. Like everyone that had, everyone that was like... Yeah. racist against black people like 2012 Twitter was <laughs> wild people black people you know what I'm saying this is black on black so black people are tweeting how they're just putting their black queens down it was it was you know a what? peak time you just said something yeah Nuruddin that just triggered me to ask you a little question yeah um, you just said you just said the phrase black on black now I'm getting really irritated with seeing people on social media talk about black on black violence black on black violence yeah. is just violence exactly Exactly. It's, it's, it's just myth. crime. It's, it's not black on black crime. Yeah. I don't know why that's been such a circulating thing for so long anyway. Like, it's always confused me. I just think, no one's talking about white on white crime or Asian on Asian crime. I agree with you. It's a term that was made to play black people against themselves. Mm. And I think it has been successful in doing that. Um, mm -hmm. It's a term that has come from nothing. White supremacy um, breeds poverty. And then poverty breeds crime. And crime breeds violence. And that is in any community that you put that structure in, it works yes. exactly the same. In Chinese com 100%. communities, it works the same. In white communities, it works the same. In any community that you put that kind exactly. of thing in, it will do the exact same thing. So no, no other race is exempt from crime. So I don't understand exactly. why Exactly. I think it's um, another layer of structural racism because, I've, like yes. you said, I've never heard Asian on Asian crime or white on white crime. Like, I've never heard that before. And I even had hmm. a girl that went to my secondary school on my Snapchat. She is a black girl and she said, how could we support Black Lives Matter when we're killing ourselves anyways? And when we're um, killing girl, each other. Come on, shut up. You actually can't have any hatred in your heart for black people. You have to love your black. You have to love your people. I hear you, but do you feel like any other community is held to such a high and almost impossible standard that there will be love within the community, like in such a way that it's almost like a mm. utopia? Like, where do you ever see a community that doesn't have crime or doesn't have um, mobs and things mm. like that? Yeah, white people kill white people all the time. They're not held to that stat. They're not judged by the few that do wrong in their community. Exactly. Why are we held to such an impossible standard? Yeah. I know. It's, it's something that we can't control and something that's just going to be ingrained into society anyway. But I feel like we can control it though. Like we can control the narrative. We can, entirely. but then it's just like, yeah, in the long run, yeah, it was not going to stop It's just tomorrow. about finding the best way to control mm. it because like there's no point of getting control for five yeah, minutes. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like if we're taking control, we've got to take control forever, innit? This is the end of part one of a two-part conversation. More tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Vent Weekly. And thanks a lot to Linda for coming on. For listeners, we've included some useful resources for supporting the Black Lives Matter movement in our show notes. This episode was produced by the Vent production team. Jess Lawson, Amelia Gill, Moeed Majid and Arlie Adlington. Vent is a collaboration between Vice and Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 